This is the Family Friendly Workplace Podcast, produced by Women's Agenda. Over the past few years, there's been no shortage of big and bold initiatives that employers across all different industries have been announcing to try and provide a better experience for their staff and possibly to attract and retain great talent in the process. But there is one such employee benefit announcement that has really stood out to me over the past few years. It came back in 2019 when electronic property settlement provider Property Exchange Australia, which is also known as PEXA, announced that it would be offering a $1,000 a month payment to parents with young children to support them with childcare costs. $1,000 a month. It is impressive. Hello, my name is Angela Priestley and welcome to the Family Friendly Workplaces podcast, where we look at some of the great initiatives employers are implementing, as well as how different leaders are making their own careers family friendly. On the show today, I'm speaking with Linda Hibbert, the Chief People Officer of PEXA. Now, PEXA isn't a large organisation. They have around 350 staff, which is one of the reasons why I was so keen to learn more about their family-friendly policies, as there is typically a lot more work employers of this size can be doing. So Linda is here to share a little bit more about that childcare policy, as well as what else they are offering and why. And she'll also offer a little bit of advice to other organisations, particularly those of a similar size, regarding what they can do. Let's get stuck in. Thank you so much for joining me, Linda. So we are recording this during extended lockdowns across Sydney, Melbourne and other parts of the country. So I want to start by asking a little bit about your office background today. What is going on in your bubble there? Where are you based at the moment and what kind of background situations are you dealing with? Great. Thanks for having me, Angela. It's wonderful to be speaking with you today. So I'm speaking with you today from my home, a little study that I have. I um, have two young children, primary school age boys, who are out there in the lounge room right now doing their homeschooling, grade three and grade six. And my husband's also on the dining room table. Um, He's working from home as well. As many of the Victorians would know, I think today we actually reached our 200th day of lockdown. And so we have had a number of different points where we've all been at home, either homeschooling or working remotely as well. Yes. So season pros at this. I saw that milestone today, 200 days. It's just, um, yeah. So I think uh, those of us in Sydney, I think we're in our eighth week, but still nothing compared to what you've all been through in Victoria. And I might say it is a similar situation for me today, although I have managed to get my partner to take our boys out for a walk. So that has um, hopefully softened some of the potential for interruptions, but, you know, we shall see. (laughs) So I know that you are clearly passionate about creating family-friendly workplaces and driving, you know, key initiatives in workplaces to make that happen. So Before we get to some of those initiatives at PEXA, can I ask about your own leadership and your career, how you've been able to make it family friendly and and how those experiences may have or may not have possibly supported and inspired some of the work that you do to assist other parents as well? So as I mentioned, I have two young boys, my husband and I um, together. My oldest son, Charlie, is 11. um, And what we agreed and were quite intentional from the start, we've 
we had a conversation at that point and multiple conversations since around how we wanted to parent together. If I look over the years, Angela, I'd say we've absolutely had 50-50, but at certain points in time, one has taken more of a lead than the other. So on the whole, absolute partnership. And I think that's been really important for me in my career as well, to have a partner who is supporting me just as much as I can support him in his career. Uh, But there's certainly been points, I know in the first few years, I worked two, two and a half days, three days, four, I did nine day fortnight. I've tried every combination. And then if I you know, reflect on where we are right now, I work full time and my husband works part time. So when the children would have been at school, the intention for Adam working part time was so he could actually do school drop off and pick up and help with you know, homework and those sorts of things. So there's different points in our careers where one of us has taken more of a lead than the other. And that has really um, seemed to work for us. But it is a process of continually reassessing and ensuring that it's, you know, working for each other but also working for the children as well and that they're getting the support they need. There have been points in time where we've needed some additional support as well and so, um, you know, some families and, and some people will look at having like, someone to mow the lawn or someone to help, you know, with the bathrooms or whatever it might be. For us, what we did is we brought in um, a really wonderful nanny and she, she worked with us for a couple of years and two days after school a week she would pick the kids up from school and and make sure they did the homework and help them with activities and those sorts of things that was when we were both probably working more full-time it's it's a process of reassessing making sure that things are working for the whole family unit um, and then making adjustments where you need to so it is something that's incredibly important to me and my family and it is also something that's very important and from a values perspective, I know for the organisation that I work at and any organisation that I would work at in the future is making sure that we're providing an environment for our people that they can thrive in. Um, and whether you know it's a, it's a family unit of um, a partner with children or other caring responsibilities, other people that they're living with, it's making sure that they have the support that they need to do their best work. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, PEXA first came into my orbit on this topic when I saw a new policy that you'd launched offering parents up to $1,000 a month in childcare support. And I think anyone who has uh, paid childcare fees and seen that bill, that, I mean, that was sort of hard to ignore, really. I think that that was kind of the the dream from any employer to be able to access that kind of help with, with paying those bills. And I hadn't actually heard of employers really offering much like that in the past. So it was a huge and bold move and really sent a signal about, you know, saying, hey, yeah, we're willing to take some responsibility for these costs. I do want to delve into that in a moment, but first, can I ask about PEX's general philosophy about being family-friendly and more generally also about some of the key policies that you've introduced and why? And I might frame that by saying that, I mean, you've shared the context of of, of your family life and how you're making it work. And I also know that you started with the organisation in in 2019. So at that point, was it already family-friendly and was that did that attract you to it? Maybe, maybe take us through that. But yeah, in general, just to get the the philosophy about being family friendly there and the why. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the organisation, um, as, as you mentioned, Angela, I joined in two thousand and nineteen, and um, this isn't something that I can, you know, say that is is something that's only been in the last couple of years. It has absolutely been part of the organisation's uh, philosophy and ingrained within the way that the broader company works from the outset. We have quite a quite a significant focus on our employee experience more broadly, ensuring that we bring our people in to co-design, to, de- to understand what is important to our people, 
based on different demographics and, and different needs that people have because we don't all need the same thing to be able to, to, to work well and, and to stay well and, and do our best work. But uh, what, we, what we've been really intentional about from the outset is ensuring that we actively engage with our people, understand what's important to them, include them in the, in the design. Um, so the, a number of things that, um, that you may be aware of that we have in place, like our school holiday program, which we've been leveraging through the lockdown period as well, um, some of our development programs, like our grad program, a number of those things have actually come through our hack days or other employee suggestions. So we now have a forum called Bouncing Forward where there's lots of different ideas that have come up through, through those forums. Um, it's, it's important for people to, to share their perspectives, to, to share what they're hearing about in other organisations um, and for us to look at how we can make those work. So it absolutely is, is uh, the philosophy or the commitment to supporting people and supporting families has been a really important part of the employee value proposition from the outset. I would also say that when we've introduced some of the other more family-friendly policies like extended parental leave and childcare allowance and so on, that again is you know, based in feedback from our people around what are some of the pain points that's actually impacting them and, and their careers and the decision-making. So what we want to do, what we were looking to do is ensure that people have choice. So they're making the choice, men as well, but also women in particular, around what is right for them and their family and their career they're not making a decision based on the cost of childcare, for example. So we want to remove some of those pain points. And look, as you know, the employment market is more challenging than ever before. And so it's um, a great opportunity to differentiate in the, in the market and for people to understand what are some of the things that are important to us and how do we actively engage and proactively support our people in their work. Yeah. So can I ask there, because you mentioned a number of different factors, but can I ask about the paid parental leave? What is the policy that you offer there? So we have a number of, this total of 26 weeks of PETSA paid parental leave, um, which can be taken at 20 weeks at full um, or half pay, and then a further six uh, weeks, which is taken as flexible weeks upon return. So different people take that in a way that works for them. It could be working part-time as they transition. It could be six weeks straight upon return so it's worked through on a case-by-case basis Um, and then for other carers we have uh, 12 weeks of paid entitlement as well. Yeah okay so I can hear in that 26 weeks with that six weeks to take flexibly or how you need I can I can definitely sense that that would have been a pain point that people specifically brought up because you know that you you return to work after having a child and nothing sort of it, it it's hard to just slot back into where you were. You do need a bit more of a transition period, whether you're transitioning back to part-time or full-time, whatever it is, that that find, those first few weeks you really do need some additional support. So can, can sense that pain point being brought up there. Um, so when you tell staff that you, you are now going to offer $1,000 a month to help with childcare, which is what you did back in 2019, what do people say? I mean, how do they react to that? Um, I mean, I imagine it's pretty exciting and it's quite game-changing, but then there's also staff that will not benefit from that. How did it go down? What was the immediate reaction? And maybe if you could speak to what has occurred in the the 18 months, two years since then. Look, I think it would be pretty fair to say that there was genuine excitement and pride. So, for example, I have older children. There's people who have who don't have children, or might in the future. I think overwhelmingly there's a sense of pride in the fact that as an organisation, we're wanting to support our people 
and support them when it comes to one of the biggest challenges that, that parents do have, which is obviously the cost of childcare. So in the, in the two years since, we've had a great uptake actually in terms of the, the people who have accessed that. At this point in time, just to give you a sense, we have around 10% of our employees um, access the uh, childcare support. Having said that, though, as, as I mentioned, across the organisation, people are very proud of the family benefits that we have in place and the family-friendly um, policies and initiatives, but they're not the only initiatives we have in place. So we, what we try to do is ensure that we look at it across the board. We understand the demographic of our, of our people. We have a significant proportion of our people who are 40 and below, but then we also have a number of employees in a different age bracket as well. We want to ensure that we're, we're looking at um, various different initiatives to support them. So, for example, we have wellbeing days where all employees have access to four wellbeing days throughout the year to support them um, and proactively support them around physical and mental wellbeing. Um, we have a number of other wellbeing initiatives which are all housed within our wellbeing hub where our people can access those. So there's lots of different initiatives and benefits available to our, our employees. So, it's making sure that we have a suite that supports all of our people. Mm, yeah, okay. And how many staff do you have as part of PEXA? We have around 350. Okay. Um, and okay. the majority are in Melbourne. And then we do have a um, an office in Sydney, Brisbane, um, Adelaide, and then also Perth as well. Okay, sure. And so what sort of flexible arrangements would they have in um, in more, I can't even say normal times anymore because it looks like we're never returning to that. But but, but I guess what, what typically does it look like? Do people go to an office? Because I know that um, you mentioned that you are a little bit out of the CVD yourself there in Melbourne. Is it sort of generally expected that you would be in the office, you know, Monday to Friday in a non-lockdown situation? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like like a lot of organisations, we've been testing and learning through this period. Pre-COVID, we did have quite a strong focus and commitment to flexible working. Um, where we are at this point in time, obviously we're all at home. And as you mentioned, Angela, as well, I do live about an hour, maybe an hour and a half from the CBD. Um, so this is just as important to me as it is to, to all the employees at PEXA. But we have a, an initiative called PEXA Flex and essentially it's our commitment to each other and also to the organisation around how we want to engage and connect with each other. At this point, it is so it is absolutely test and learn. Um, we're in our first version and phase and seeking feedback through that process. But what we wanted to do was ensure that we absolutely take the best in terms of flexible working and working remotely and a large part of the employee value proposition and the reason why people love working at PEXA is because of the connections and the people at the organisation. So we don't want to lose that either. So we have a commitment to come together at least once a week um, where we would, on a team basis, would come into the office and obviously there's additional overlays in particular in Victoria um, more recently in terms of capacity limits that you can have in the office. But we'd, we'd have a rostering system to try and address that. So we would have a commitment to come in once a week um, and we would have connect events and we would have team forums and so on. So it was coming in for a purpose to connect and engage, brainstorm. There might be different team meetings, but then, you know, the rest of the week it's up to you. So you can work, you can come into the office every day if that's what works for you and what you, how you get your energy and how you would like to work. But equally, you can also work from home as well. So we're testing and learning, as I, as I mentioned, um, lots of great um, experiences already to date. And I'm really looking forward to when we'll be able to test it even further, hopefully, over the coming months. Yeah. 
Yes, yeah, so the, the hybrid office, which um, we're, we're seeing a lot of. And I think and we've seen this in our own research when, especially when people say that they might live, they don't you know, live out of the Sydney, but the city, but living sort of where you live, one and a half hours, it's a lot to be commuting Monday to Friday, but it is very doable to be doing maybe once or twice a week. And so you can still have that opportunity to to live, um, have a broader circle to, to be able to live in and um, to still feel like you're not spending half your week commuting. And I, it's, it's interesting when we've researched these things that are standing in the way of women's careers, we've heard that come up so often is that idea of the commute or living perhaps even further out from a CBD, living regionally, whatever it is. And I have noticed in our last iteration of that research that that is starting to drop off a little bit. So it's great to see that employees are recognising that um, we can't just put this expectation on people commuting that every day, whether it's the distance, whether it's the, the traffic, whether it's the congestion, whatever it is, it's better for all of us if we don't need to do that at the same time every day. So given PEX's size, you mentioned 350 people. So it, it is a small to medium-sized business, let's let's call it. It's definitely not a small business. But when we hear of these really quite great and groundbreaking family-friendly workplaces policies, um, particularly something like that childcare policy, it typically comes from a really large organisation that can obviously, where, where the costs can kind of sink in a little bit more broader than, than a, a small organisation like this. So can I ask you to just kind of put yourself in the the mindset of a smaller organisation, I should say of an organisation of this size, I guess. What do you see as some of the key challenges for these organisations? I mean, definitely not all are prepared or would go anywhere near offering $1,000 a month in childcare. Many are not even yet prepared to offer paid parental leave for women, let alone for, um, sorry, I should say for primary carers, let alone for secondary carers. So what do you see as the key challenge and what can some of these organisations seek to do first? Mm. I think the first, it's a really, really good question. I think the first step is actively engaging with your people to understand what's important to them because I think many organisations, um, and, and I've at times in my career have, have done the same as well, we can often have benefits and initiatives that created or aligned to what other organisations might be doing and so it's keeping up with what we think might be important but it may not necessarily be the case. So, um, you know, I'd hate to think how many morning teas have been had with cupcakes to, to celebrate a, a, a topic, for example, but the actual impact of that discussion is, is less likely to, you know, have continued on to something else. But there's lots of smaller um, initiatives and ideas that may be in place. I think the question is, what is important to your people and, and what you're offering, does it actually really align to what's important to them and how you can best support them? That's really the key starting point. And I think to your point around, you know, the childcare one being quite a key differentiator, it doesn't necessarily need to, to start with that. There's, there's many other things that can be done that may not have a significant cost. Um, if I think about the, you know, the school holiday program, for example, that is not a, a highly you know, expensive initiative, but it is something that is very meaningful to our, to our people and to, to working parents because it allows them to take leave when they would like to rather than only being able to take it during school holidays. More recently in lockdown, it's, it's had a fantastic um, impact for people because it's given them some time to really be able to focus on a report that needs to be done or something that, that they might be needing to deliver 
and they know that their kids are doing a really engaging craft activity with some other children from the organisation virtually as well. So, um, again, not, not, a, not a very expensive initiative, but something that is really meaningful and also demonstrates the care that you have um, for some of the challenges that they're experiencing right now. Yeah, so we, we didn't actually talk about this school holiday program, but this is something that you, you'd actually implemented before lockdown. So is that what it was that from the outset, that it was a virtual program so um, kids could go and get on screen and engage in different ways? Before lockdown, it was actually held in the office. So what we would do is we would have our big tra- training room um, set up with lots of activities and decorations and those sorts of things, and there's a theme day and the children would um, register to attend those days. PEXTRA actually funds those days um, and we ask our employees to make a donation to the Alana and Madeline Foundation as the contribution for attendance. So on, on pre-COVID, it would be in the office and it was incredible. So lots of employees who didn't have children just loved it because you'd have you know, kids having lunch with their parents in our plaza area. They'd be playing to you know, table tennis with other colleagues. It was really lovely, actually. Um, certainly noisy, but really lovely. Um, and we've obviously needed to, to adapt. Um, and what we didn't want to do is lose that during the school holiday period because it's even more challenging now with um, parents being in lockdown and, and working remotely. So we, we run that program virtually. And what we are doing is um, we're making sure that we align across all of the states. And so the kids um, it's often one week where it will overlap. So all of the children are actually engaging uh, virtually across the states and, and doing a you know, craft, craft activity might be based on dinosaurs one day and then another topic the next day. Great. I, I just I, I want to see all those kids back in your office again someday. <laughs> Me too. That is, yeah, that is really, it, it's really, really nice. And to think that, you know, some of those kids might start to form lifelong friendships based on where their parents work or the colleagues that their parents have. And I think that's just a really nice thing. And you just, you get that family friendly environment. You literally work within it. That's right. But, and not every day. That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> it right. is for a period. <laughs> <laughs> they do go back to school. Um, that's great. And would you get external providers to come in and run that program, or yeah. are you able to to run it yourselves? Or no, no, no. Um, so we would we partner with Kids Co. Um, they're a really great uh, small business, and they have teachers, uh, accredited teachers, who will um, run that program. Um, so they run it on site, I suppose, and then also run the virtual program. But yeah, it's a great organisation. Okay, well, Linda, thank you so much for joining me. I do want to just finish on on one question, which I might end up surprising you with. But you mentioned that you've got two boys, they're doing homeschool, that you're working full time. Um, you're obviously doing all this great work supporting other parents as well. Is there any tip or anything that you might say about how you're actually managing your own well-being through this, how you're finding maybe, I don't know, 30 minutes, an hour, something for yourself each day? There's a a few things. Um, For me, it's making sure that I get out for a walk. It doesn't necessarily need to be a long one, but just making sure that I get out for a walk and and have some fresh air. One other aspect that um, I know we touched on earlier very briefly was around the amount of media that I'm consuming. So it's really important to to stay informed and be able to have the information I need to support the organisation and support our people. But there becomes a point where over-consuming can be quite unhealthy. So making sure that I'm I'm monitoring not only what I'm seeing in terms of the news, but also just social media as well at that time. Um, And then what we're also doing as a family at the end of the day, I know it sounds probably... um, 
potentially a little naff, but what I find is really helpful is we're doing a, um, a gratitude exercise as a family each night when we have dinner together because it's, um, you know, it's challenging for the children just as much as it is for us. Uh, they're used to seeing and, and miss their friends as well. Uh, and virtual learning is tough. Um, some children, my eldest son responds really well. My youngest son finds it quite challenging um, and, and concentrating for that long in front of an iPad. So it's really important for us to just, just pause for five minutes and have a brief chat about what, what went well for us today and what are we grateful for. Yeah, that, that's really nice. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. And again, for the work that you're doing and all the best with uh, hopefully not too much longer in lockdown. Same to you, Angela. It was wonderful speaking with you. The Family Friendly Workplaces podcast is an initiative supporting the new National Work and Family Standards for Workplaces, which informs employers of the minimum and best practice policies they can invest in to create a great family-friendly workplace culture. You can learn more at familyfriendlyworkplaces.com.